Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We continue in the book of Genesis, chapter 9, verse 1. Receive God's rainbow. God has gifts, blessings, and promises for the Christians, for his followers, for his children. I think he offers them to all. If you will just enter in, if you will receive his awesome gifts. His promises are good, eternal, and they're never broken. God never breaks his promises. God's promises are given to us which are life and hope, and they give you a future. We truly need the promises of God. I was trying to think of an illustration of promises, and I thought, the promise ring. I don't know if you've ever given or received a promise ring, but many times a lover will give a promise ring. I love you. I'm committed to our relationship. This is my promise that someday we hope to get engaged and maybe have an engagement ring and to get married and then have a wedding ring. And so it is a promise of greater things. It's a symbol that you look at your promise ring and you remember the promises of your loved one. And of course, the promise we're going to focus on is God's rainbow is coming up, the greatest promise, and not just a little ring, but a bow in the sky for all the world to see. Start all over again. It is a whole new world. God has cleansed it. He's taken out the violence, the sin, the pollution, the craziness, the murder, the mayhem, of sinful humanity, humans left to their own devices can become very wicked and evil and perverse. Have you experienced it yet? And God said, I've had enough. He's washed it away. And of course, you know the story. He saved his righteous Noah and family, and he is beginning all over again with a whole new world. They have uh, left the ark, and now God uh, is giving them new direction for this new world and a restart button, if you will. Start all over again. Genesis 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, God wants to bless you. He is a God of blessings, but yes, if you don't know him and you rebel against him and you shake your fist and you want to fight God and make him your enemy, he can give you curses too. Can I tell you, he has just cursed a whole world of millions of people and they are drowned in the flood. But those that love him and serve him, the righteous, the believers, he blesses them and he's going to bless Father Noah and his sons and their descendants. Now, it's interesting that God speaks to the men. We only have eight people that have survived, four men and four women, eight in total. 
And God now is again and again going to address the men. It's interesting that at creation, God talks to Adam, and he gives Adam the commands not to Eve. And here again, we see the same practice. God is talking to the men. Why would he only talk to the men? Because I believe there are leaders. They're the heads of the family. They are like a spiritual priesthood. They're in charge, and God is saying, here's my command, here's my will, make it happen. And God is upholding the role of the men and the fathers and the husbands. And here's what he says to the men. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the terror of you will be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the sky with everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea into your hand they are given so man is in charge we're at the top of the food chain we rule over the animals the animals the earth creation has been given to us we have an accountability and a stewardship right take care of the earth take care of the animals um I had a friend in the church, he has a bumper sticker, he's a big fisherman, and on the back of his truck it says, fish tremble at my name, because <laughs> he likes to go fishing. And now the animals are given to humanity. Animals to love, animals to care for, and yes, we're going to find out animals to eat. And there's going to be a transition from being vegetarian, right? We were eating the fruit and then the vegetables, and now we get to have meat. And the animals are given to eat. Sorry, PETA, but we get to eat them. <laughs> Verse 3, Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I give all to you, as I gave the green plant. So if you want to be vegetarian, great. If you want to be carnivorous, meat eaters, great. God allows it. Any animal, you could eat an insect, a bug. You know, some natives eat different insects and <laughs> bizarre worms and stuff. You know, eat whatever you want, whatever knocks you out. So when I was a Boy Scout, you know, we would hunt and fish and learn how to survive in the wild, and we would capture and kill rattlesnakes. And you know what we did with those rattlesnakes? We would cook them, and we would eat them. And you know what they taste like? Taste like chicken. <laughs> They're pretty good. <laughs> Verse 4, only you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is, it's blood. You cannot eat an animal raw. You cannot eat it with its blood in it. You must butcher it, drain it, cook it, right? And we know this from science and, and hygiene and health, and it's very dangerous because if that blood is contaminated and that animal is sick, it can easily kill you, and you are taking your life in your own hands, and so 
there's preparation with meat, and we try to be careful of diseases, and we prepare the meat, and we're worried, is it spoiled, you know? Is it rancid with diseases, you know? And so you prepare it, you bleed it, you cook it. Verse 5, Surely I will require your lifeblood. From every beast I will require it. God is establishing law, government, rules, law and order. Have you ever lived in a place without rules and it's chaotic and dangerous? I'm glad that we have government and law and order and the rules protect us. In fact, I think even children love rules when they go in the classroom. They want to know what's the rules, what's right, what's wrong. You know, what's the fairness? They run to their teacher, right? Teacher, it's no fair because Johnny got this and I didn't, right? Law and order. And so even for the animals, the animals are not to kill man. If the animals kill men, those animals are to be put to death, according to Mosaic law, as we get later on. Because once they get the taste of blood, once they're wild like that, they may kill again, and we protect human life. And from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. And it's the same thing with a human. If one man kills another, this is against God's law. This is one of the greatest offenses one of the most horrendous crimes is murder, premeditated, cold-blooded murder. And God says, I will not have it. And murderers shall be put to death. Verse 6, whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. God institutes capital punishment now. Some argue, well, the Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not kill. Well, actually, the word is murder. Thou shalt not commit murder, cold-blooded at your own hands. But God does establish protection and self-defense and warfare where the children of Israel have to fight the enemy. And God does set up right here capital punishment where a horrible, vicious murderer is put to death, I think one reason is so they don't do it again. Now I know in American society we've done away with capital punishment for the most part. We say they're on death row and they stay there forever and they have all their appeals and then they're paroled and they're pardoned and the murderer's back out and he murders again. Or when he's locked up in prison, many times the convicts will kill others in the prison. So the crime continues to happen to another innocent. Another person dies, another person dies. You hear of horrible criminals released and they kill yet again, rape yet again, molest yet again. And God is like, no, this will not be allowed to happen. For in the image of God, he made man. One reason murder is so horrendous and horrible is you are hating and disrespecting the human you murder 
and the God who created him. And we are created in God's image. We have value. We have a soul. We have a spirit. We can be a spiritual creature. And God says, humans are too valuable. They're too expensive. How much is a human life? In some nations, life is cheap. But hopefully in our thinking as Christians, life is valuable, extravagant, and priceless. So if I kill you and I just pay some money to get off, then that says you're cheap. But if I kill you and my penalty and my price I must pay is the highest price, my own life, it now says that life is very expensive. And you hear of these horrible offenses and they get off with some measly punishment, a few dollars, a few days in jail, and they're let go to injure and maim and kill again. This is not God's justice. In God's mind, in God's law, he protects the innocent and he carries out judgment on the perpetrator and the criminal. It's weird how men, we twist it and we change it and we kill the innocent, sometimes even babies or elderly. And then we let the criminal get off scot-free. Something is desperately wrong. We have twisted and changed God's holy law. Verse 7, As for you, be fruitful and multiply, populate the earth abundantly, and multiply in it. God's command. Can I tell you, children are a gift from the Lord, and God loves big families. The ancients, in, uh, in, even in our history, always had big families. But now the new modern thinking is, oh, don't, you don't need to have any kids, or just have one, or maybe two. They're so expensive, so much work, you won't have time. But in God's thinking, no, have beautiful families, big families, have babies and grandbabies, and have a future and have an inheritance. And this is God's thinking. It is a gift, and children are a beautiful gift from God. They're not a curse. It's a celebration. Oh, we're having another baby. Praise the Lord. Experience God's promise rainbow sign. Here it is. The rainbow appears. Verse 8. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, who is he speaking to? The men, to the husbands, to the future fathers. Here's my command. Here's my commission. You run the show. You lead your family spiritually. I think the men should bring their wives and children to church. I think the men should set the example. The men, as husbands, should love their wives, right? And then the wives will respond with the respect, as the scriptures say. Somebody's got to run the show. So God speaks again to the men, Noah and his sons. Verse 9, now behold... I myself do establish my covenant with you 
and with your descendants after you. Yes, he speaks to the men, but it's to everyone. My covenant, my promise is to you and your children and to all future generations, to all mankind, we will find out. Yes, and even to the animals, God promises. To the animals, verse 10. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth. God makes a promise to the animals. You ever promise your pet something? I love you, Alfie. I'll take care of you. I promise. You ever promise your, oh, you forgot your pet. You're like, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. I promise, you know. Uh, sometimes I lecture my dog and I say, now you're very fortunate because you get to live in a Christian home. You could been born to like a homeless person and you're living, eating garbage out on the river, you know. So be thankful. <laughs> and I lecture my little dog to be grateful. <laughs> God makes promises to the animals, verse 11. I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood. Neither shall there again be a flood to destroy the earth. The global flood, not a localized flood. Don't we have floods going on right now? Uh, in the south, in the Gulf Coast, Floods, you've been seeing it on TV, localized floods. But this is the one and only global flood. Never again will I send a global flood and wipe out all human life and the animal kingdom. Verse 12, God said, this is the sign of the covenant. And again, the word covenant means promise. I promise you. I make a covenant with you. Covenants, you use them in relationships, right? I promise to love you. When you get married, you make a covenant to love, honor, and obey until death do us part. I will be faithful, monogamous to you. It's my promise. It's my covenant. And I seal the pledge with a ring, a symbol, a sign of my covenant. Maybe you promise to your kids, I will take care of you. Don't worry. This is a safe home. I'll never leave you, right? We make promises. Verse 12, God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. That means us. From Noah all the way till today, every generation, every family, every person, every race, God's promise here as we read it now is to you. You think it's just to Noah. Oh no, the, the rainbow promise is to you and your kids and your grandkids and even your little dog too, right? All the animals. Verse 13, I set my bow in the cloud. It shall be for a sign, or if you will, a symbol, something you could see. Signs point the way, right? For a sign 
of a covenant between me and the earth. I set up my rainbow. It is the very first rainbow to appear, in my opinion. But you may say, oh no, rainbows always appear when it rains. Yeah, but I don't think it had ever rained. I think there was a canopy over the earth to protect human lifespans and keep them long and to keep the UV rays out from aging. And I think it didn't rain, but a mist used to water the garden, a mist coming up from the earth, not rain droplets coming down. I think the rain waited for one powerful first rainstorm for 40 days and 40 nights it flooded the earth and rain appears like a unique phenomena and now with the first rainstorm when it finally ends I believe it is the very first unique rainbow this is my sign this is my promise this is my seal this is something to point the way to me and that I want to have a relationship with you. Now, when you make a promise, it's between you and somebody else, right? I promise I'm sorry, I'll never forget, right? I make you this promise. God is making you a promise, a covenant. He wants to have relationship with you, with us. He wants to take care of us. Have you seen his many rainbows? You know, through the rainy seasons, through the storms, we see the glorious rainbows. We get to witness them. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought of the rainbow or studied the rainbow, uh, but I have. And you could look it up on Google, Internet, do a search to verify this. But your average rainbow, the rainbow consists of seven colors. On the top to the bottom is red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Seven colors. Well, what does it matter? It's the number of God, the number of his perfect, complete creation, seven days to a week, Seven notes to the musical scale, right? The white notes on the piano. Seven colors in the rainbow. And yes, you could find more sevens. Seven candles on the holy menorah in the holy place. Seven spirits of God and sevens are all over creation. And seven is God's perfect, holy, and complete, powerful number. His number is seven. And it's interesting to me that if you look at the rainbow, the top of the rainbow, the first biggest uh, color on the arch of the rainbow is red. Does red have any significance to you? I think of the blood, right? Don't be eating blood of animals, right? The blood of the lamb, the blood of Christ, blood that washes away our sin. We do the little color bracelets. Have you ever done those with the kids? And we have the beautiful colors of the rainbow. And we explain red represents God's blood. 
Black represents our darkness, our sin, and right, the blood washes out the black and makes us white like snow, and you can go through the color band with all its colors and symbols. I think we even sell them upstairs in the bookstore. You see the kids wearing the color bands, God's colorful plan of salvation. As you look at these beautiful colors, God is making a statement. God has painted you a picture, a picture of relationship, a picture of covenant, a picture of promise. We had a visitor who came one Sunday, and they had to tell me the story of how the rainbow led them here to church. And I think we had some rain, and then it cleared up in the clouds, and a rainbow appeared here in Reno. And as they were looking at the rainbow, they followed it. And the top of the rainbow, the arch of the rainbow, ended up in the top of our cross on top of our chapel here. And at first I thought, that's crazy. And oh no, Pastor, I took a picture with my smartphone. Look. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.